welcome to First Issue Club, your weekly comic book reading club that covers almost exclusively first issues. We're also going to talk about a little bit of comic book news. And of course, as always, mention that we are brought to you by the cutest, cuddliest, loveliest, sudsiest brewery in the whole country. Boulevard Brewing Company is our sponsor via Space Camper Cosmic IPA, um, a delicious hoppy uh, beer that you can uh, crack open a can of, mm-hmm. open your mouth, yep, pour it in your gullet, get it in your blood through absorption. Pee it out and then drink it again. Exactly right. The only beer you can piss <laughs> and it actually enhances the experience. Yeah. So well carbonated that you might feel it fizz when you pee. That's Ooh, the tagline. Yeah. <laughs> so fizzy you piss foam. <laughs> Sorry, Boulevard. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it up with a better ad next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, think, we're just reading the copy. I think they're going to be at um, Planet Planet Comic Con, mm-hmm. and and we're going to be there too in like a month. So it's April. The end of April is when it's yeah. supposed to all go down so in the very DMs. Soon. Man, cons, they're back. Speaking of cons, let's get in the news. Oh, in the club today. Wow, what a fucking segue. That was awesome. Thank you. Too bad we have to tell our names now. <laughs> uh, Budget King. Greg. Mike D. All right, we did our names. Back to the news. Uh, did you see that SDCC, San Diego Comic-Con, has franchised? I had seen that, yes. They're going to. They've got ideas to. Okay. Uh, for the layperson, including me, what does that mean? <laughs> what is to be franchised? You can... Uh, well, classic franchise scenario. Got it. Dairy Queen. Okay. Papa John's. So wait. So hang on. <laughs> so we could hang on. So we could purchase a San Diego Comic-Con? Domino's. Uh, we could. What we could do is we could parlay Planet to be a franchisee of uh, San Diego Comic Con. What, what are they calling it? WonderCon or something? San Diego Comic Con International. Yeah. Okay. So, like, Planet would become one of those. Okay. So it would be San Diego Comic-Con International presents Planet Comic-Con. Okay. And they are doing Featuring this- Featuring First Issue Club <laughs> podcast. <laughs> They're doing this to compete against Pop, likely. Right. Who own, like, NYCC. Yeah. C2E2, PAX, things like that. It's funny when you think of who has the market share just for the word and knowledge- Comic-Con. Like, when you think Comic-Con, you think San Diego Comic-Con. Exactly. And the fact that they haven't tried to branch out. I mean, part of it might just be that it resonates so much with San Diego that no one really cares if they're like, you know, Tulsa Comic-Con brought to you by the people who bring you San Diego Comic-Con. You know what I mean? Do you think the they The Comic-Con in the world, the, the Tulsa. Thing is, the thing is, is that they know how to do it well. They know how to pump resources at it. And that was kind of the thing with Read Pop. Like you have people who want to have conventions. Their conventions are shitty. They're not a great draw. You bring in these people to manage it. And they have the contacts. They yeah. get the celebrities. They manage the contracts. And all the infrastructure of the city that goes into like having a successful convention. There's some cities that just literally cannot support the parking and transportation to draw the right amount of guests. You know what I mean? So they ultimately fail trying to put these things together a lot of the time. But um, 
So SDC, kind of exciting, I think. To, SDCC has said, we're in the game. Yes. We're, we're coming after you. They, they, they threw thrown, their hat in the ring. They're thrown their damn hat <laughs> in the convention ring. Do you think this was brought on by uh, COVID and the lack of numbers and attendances and well, specifically San Diego Comic Con in the last two years because you gotta diversify, baby. <laughs> Twenty twenty two, you just gotta diversify. We got a franchise now. Is that why video game property properties are oh. buying so many publishers for well, comic books? I think when your bread and butter is just like one convention <laughs> in one city, when your bread and, and butter it, is Lou, Lou Ferrigno and coming it, in, and then it doesn't happen, like you're like fuck, yeah, like, <laughs> it's bad. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, if they had more events going on throughout the country, throughout you know the subsequent years, they wouldn't have to worry about it as much. It, it seems obvious that Reed Pop wasn't hit as hard, and they were in cities that like, you know, in Chicago, they're more likely to be like, eh, I'm not so worried about COVID. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, they, so and, uh, so that's what it is. SDCC is trying to expand into red states. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's where the money's at. I think what'll be interesting is if. They target markets that already have large read pop conventions. So, so like for instance, like can uh, Chicago support two massive comic book conventions? Yes, I think it can. Uh, is, I think one wins out. Is there a scenario wherein one is better and every year more people say, I'm just going to go to the better one? Yes. Well, th- I mean, that's can our city. Si- can that's Sandy, literally Kansas City. That happened yeah. in Kansas yeah. City. Can it ha- can San Diego proved they do a better convention than Reed Pop in Chicago. Like, I'm interested to see if those sort of things. Happen. I bet they go to NYCC first. I mean, why wouldn't they you just go? go to New well, wouldn't York? like let's say at least let's use Chicago as the example. Wouldn't they be just like rotating the same guests on both so, conventions? Okay, so here here's the thing. I think I think San Diego's popularity and their like bread and butter. Is all the movie slash celebrity stuff? Yeah, like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like movie I think shit. That gets more people to come to. It does. So I think that that like if they can replicate that, which is massively bigger than anything even NYCC really does, because NYCC the biggest thing they're getting is TV show shit, right? Yeah, but not not movie shit. Well, imagine if they did like the Marvel they they did a Marvel announcement panel in Chicago. Yeah, even if you just did one. And, you know, fucking Natalie Portman walks out and it's like, we're going to show right. the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder for the first time. I, like people would lose their shit and that would be the con going forward. Yeah. I think that they aren't even comparable. Like they're so like, I think New York Comic Con in a lot of ways has been like, we don't need to worry. We do our own thing. We have yeah. our own lane. Mm-hmm. But if. San Diego was like, wait, we're going to do yeah. what we do here. We'd also like to come into that lane, please. Yeah. I think they would be like, we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I think you would have a lot of overlapping guests. I think, well, Chicago delayed C2E2 until like, when, December or something? You this, went. This so past you, year. Yeah, yeah it was December. And then they're having their next one in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. So, like September or something. I mean, that's going to show how often people in people in Chicago are willing to go to a comic book convention. And for a city that big, I don't think twice a year is insane. Well, but like like we're suggesting, I think there's a 
there people will have a favorite and there will be a, a winner. Well, San Diego, march your ass over to Kansas City. <laughs> Open market. <laughs> we only got we'll, two we'll kinds. We'll help you out. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, you, we'll MC. You got hosts here. We'll uh, we'll talk about shit. Um. All right. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we uh, we spotted this and found this out. Um. The other thing that I mentioned to you, Mike, is that Longshot is coming back to X Men with the original creator is going to write on it back from 1985. Yeah, Innocenti. Yeah. So uh, that's cool. That's one of your uh, your characters that you like. I like that guy. The, I'll say that first series. I think it was with Mojo, right? Yeah, it introduced Mojo. I think that book was one of, if not the first title that Anacenti and Art Adams worked on. Okay. So it's it when you go back and revisit it, it is not good. <laughs> it is not read well. Um, it's but it's like the, slightly like standalone too, isn't it? Just like really weird. It's like a yes. one of four. Yeah, it's it is a limited series. I think right? it's uh, it is a one of four. Is it just four? I think it's more like six or seven. Oh, maybe it is six. Okay, yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to correct you then. I, I don't know why I corrected over like a two-issue <laughs> thing. It's a limited series. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in any case, it's it's weird and it has a lot of charm. And I could see why people liked it because Mojo's so weird. Doesn't it have and like so cyberpunky, like, like hackery vibes? Domo guy. Yeah. Um. Kind of, but it's like all, it's like, Long shot was from the like a future alien planet, and okay. it ended up on Earth, and it's very ambiguous, like how or why he's there. Like I can't even remember. But he is a mutant. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it was really established in that comic that he was a mutant because he's like from an alien world, right? Mutants were kind of like an Earth thing, a genetic an, an, Earth mutation. Yes, right, and. He's also got the like Nova Star blasted over his eye, right? And some iconography associated with that. So he's got a handful of different Marvel Universe. What is Longshot's power? Things going on. He always bets on the long shot. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's a better. Yeah, he's a he's a gambler. <laughs> so he doesn't, he doesn't, a, an addicted ridden gambler. He doesn't have so much a power as a crippling addiction. <laughs> he knows a sure thing when he sees it. I honestly I can't remember. It might be that he's lucky. Okay. He carries a gun. Does that have anything to do with like sharp he's got, shooting? I mean, he's a future guy, so he's got a blaster. Okay. It might just be, he might have the whole domino sort of thing. Okay. Where he just like naturally has luck. I, I'm, I'm sure I sound like an idiot, but. <laughs> um, Sorry to put you on the spot. I loved Mojo and I love Art Adams. So it'll just be fun to see what this book is. Cool. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Anything that was like in that weird version of the '80s, that's uh-huh. like pre '90s, where they were like going kind of, <laughs> just like testing the waters. I mean, he has that like comes a... back is fun. <laughs> Let's yeah. See if this sticks. He's got such a weird like mullet, and still the character design still looks so of a time. Yeah. I hope they don't update it. I hope he's just like is what it is, and he's so weird still. But I'd be. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what she does with it. Cool. And I don't know that Art Adams is going to be working on it. I bet he at least does a cover. Hmm. I'm sure he has some old long shot drawings hanging around the studio he could throw at it. His style has changed so much. His characters those... have gotten like thicker. Art <laughs> Adams. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. They're not like, as sketchy. It's like uh they're bulking all <laughs> instead of uh trying to be lean. 
Oh, I thought you meant the way he draws women. No, no, no. Like every character he draws, like just got done eating a loaf of bread. Like you're just like kind of like <laughs> a little puffy, sw- swollen. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Yeah, totally. Wide faces. Yeah, like it's got stung by a bee yeah. or something. <laughs> um, well, this week we are covering uh, Immortal X Men number one, which is now the passing of the baton of um, X Men from Mr. Hickman, Mr. Jonathan Hickman, because uh, he's going to Substack. I actually don't know what he's doing, but oh, this happened a while ago. Um, but this is like now the main series is going to get like Karen Gillan is on this and like taking. Yes, it did happen. A Jerry while. Duggan is writing the main, main X-Men, the main line. X-Men. But like, isn't this something to do with like Karen is kind of like taking a little bit from that Hickman story into this now? This is the next logical progression of the. This is the fallout from house. Moira situation. Yeah, right. Got it. And this uh, book comes out of Hox and Pox, House House of X, yes. Powers of Ten. Uh, did I say that right, or did I switch yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Sword, Swords of Ten, <laughs> Diamonds of Ten. Um, and the Quiet Council was prevalent in all of that, and now the Quiet Council is getting its own book uh, in this Ten Series, Limited Series. Did I hit all of that right? Because I'm not the X-Men guy. Correct me. You're close enough. Okay. What, what did I get wrong? We'll talk about it. <laughs> As we get into the book, actually, I mean, you're pretty much dead on. This is this isn't the n- new ongoing like main mar- main X Men line. Okay, it is not, but I have heard people talk about that it could become the main line. Yeah, I know it's only a ten. Mm-hmm. ten- like this supersedes no. the X Men title. You don't think so? Okay, this is like I don't think they're going to be like let's stop making X Men comics and they're all immortal X Men moving forward. Of all these storylines. Ultimately, well, all X Men are immortal. Converge and weave into each other. Yeah. So this storyline may be like it's going to fall out into the main storyline. This okay. isn't like yeah. a standalone thing. I but didn't they, know, but they all tie in. I didn't together. know as we get into two point Hawks and Box, or maybe this is even three Well, and technically, this is pre Hawks because this is the first inkling we have of. Uh, sinister sniffing around his Mars sex pits to make his chimera. Oh, you're thinking of powers. Powers, excuse me. Pre-pox. <laughs> pre-pox. <laughs> uh, this is post-hox, pre-pox. So anyway, this do- okay, this is good. People are fucking love this weed uh, stuff. Can I say this before we even This get comes after this? Hellions, though, right? Yes. This comes after everything that's preceded it. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the most difficult first issue we've probably covered on the show. Uh, you may be right. As far as like, as like continuity and stuff. As continuity is like, if you're a new reader, I would not suggest you jump. So I don't head first. I don't into think Immortal it's X-Men. like. I think it's like you're gonna have a twenty percent bad time. Eighty percent. You, you have a B minus experience. Have you not read other stuff? I would. Okay. Oh, sorry. You you have to have a good familiarity of at least the X Men in the last ten years. Sure. Like no one that has like never read an X Men X Men book is gonna be like. Oh, this seems like yeah, yeah. Tough, good time. But like, but if you if you have not been up to date in X Men in the last like year, I think you're gonna have like a B minus experience. You'll get some of it. Sure. If you read House and Powers, I think you can buy this and fill in some blanks. Yes. Yeah. And one of the main things is that Kieran Gillen is on this book. Who is doing a lot of Karen Gillan stuff where it's like uh <laughs> such as that's a compliment, Karen. 
Yeah, totally. I think so. Like the banter is very witty. Um, a lot of like uh, anti hero ness of like it. Um, mor- morals are uh, <laughs> ambiguous. Yeah, ambiguous. We that, didn't get any music references. Drama. Lots, lots of drama. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get we didn't get uh, British music references, but uh, lots of drama. It's like the Real Housewives of X Men. Um, so <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> And the main character, which you wouldn't know, like you kind of just find this out as a surprise, is is it's Sin- Mr. Sinister. So yeah, this is going to be more of a sinister book than maybe I even realized. Right, I he he has been like you alluded to, Greg, a large hanging thread of the entire House of X, Powers of Ten series. Mm-hmm. That we know a large part of where the story goes. Yeah are these sinister clones and throughout hellions you've gotten small teases that it's like i've got a secret lab i've been working on something Mm -hmm. yada 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 and you're also led to believe like it teed us up to get cardinal like yes it's kind of like building to and teasing cardinal and then when you don't get that and get the thing you do get at the end of the book Mm -hmm. like as someone who's been reading i'm really enjoying a lot of x-men books lately because the payoffs of the last year for having stuck with so many of the series are like really hitting right now. Like all, seeing all the Moira stuff come to fruition, I'm like, I'm glad. It paid I've, off. I've read so many damn X Men books <laughs> the last five years. Uh, like that, the reveal at the end of this issue was, was so great. Sick. Yeah, it was so fun. D- and, um, and, and they, we weren't. We're not going to spoil it. Are, are we not? Uh, well, they also teed up some stuff with. Destiny. I mean, I sorry if you don't read X Men. Sorry, like you're not going to enjoy this conversation. For well, the okay, rest wait. Of the can podcast. I? Yeah. Wait, we'll hang see on. you next week. Wait, no. Before we do that, though, before we kick them out, we're burying <laughs> the lead here, which is that in this comic book, you discover Jesus Christ was a mutant. Yes, that was the big headline. <laughs> yeah, which is a very uh, Karen Gillan thing, a la Wicked and Divine, to mm-hmm. be playing with like God shit in the mm-hmm. uh, comic book superhero verse. Yeah. So, I mean, like... I didn't know this was a story. And when I was reading the comic, um, you you hear the line, or read the line, just like the mutant of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> like, hey, I, no. I have to Google this. <laughs> and it was just like, story, 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 story. And it's like his power... <laughs> So, okay, his power was that he could raise the dead, and they, like, seemingly created a religion after him is yes. the lure of how Jesus is a mutant. He's like, he raised a couple from the dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we've raised, like, Hope Summers has raised... Thousands. Thousands from the dead, <laughs> right? So, you know, he she's being called, like, Messiah by some. She's loved. She's unprepared for the quiet council, but ultimately... Well, I hope that Jesus gets a little storyline in the rest of these issues. <laughs> I wouldn't no hold way. your breath. They're not, they're <laughs> I would not, not hold your that. breath. I almost wonder while they were editing this if like... It said Jesus? It's almost a throwaway line. Like it's like literally a half a panel. Right. Yeah. It, it makes me think that if Marvel editors like really clocked it, they would have been like, nah, maybe we don't do this. Maybe we don't say Jesus Christ was a mutant. <laughs> okay, but like... I fucking love it. That's so funny. 
How would an X-Men editor miss that? Though? How is this not on Fox News? If, like, exactly. I'm surprised it's not like a bigger story. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel if, claims. If Superman Jesus having a boyfriend shuts Fox News down for a week. <laughs> Jesus being a mutant. Yeah. That should be fodder for the next year and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Moira is uh, in this, like, getting some shine, too, which is something you wanted to happen. Yeah. We can go ahead and spoil the ending. They know what they're here for. Well, yeah, we wanted some comeuppance for Moira, um, and we finally got it in um, Lives and Deaths of Wolverine, um, among some other tie-in books, which we talked about this maybe a week or so ago. I can't remember on the Patreon or not, but it was blowing me away that so much of the resolution of Moira it was happening in death was of Wolverine. happening in deaths of <laughs> ten deaths of Wolverine, and <laughs> now it makes a little more sense that like that storyline can be a little throwaway because at the end of this book you have your spoiler warning. Um, Nathaniel Essex has been cloning several copies of. Moira in her mutant state. Yes. So that's Mr. Sinister. Yes, Mr. Sinister. So ultimately he can reset the last 40 years, 50 years whenever he wants. I'm assuming in this timeline, I think Moira is about like 45 in there so, somewhere in that so region. So he can go, he can go back 45 years as many times as he wants. Which opens up. He's, he's found a way to like time capers. Yeah, he's found a way to compartmentalize like the knowledge he's learned up to this point, and basically like send it back to himself when Moira reboots. Yeah, and so he's hijacking her powers more or less, which has been his whole thing as a mutant throughout the X Men is being like obsessed with mutants, cloning mutants. Yeah. Well, it um, sounds like has he not... some of that's been like retcon to some extent to like make it more impactful than it was when I think it initially happened. But Has he not done it already, though? Because in the whole book, he's alluding that he knows what's going to happen already. He, he, know, he assumed he, know, he knew what was going to happen because he was the smartest person in the room. Uh, okay. I thought because he had, like, fed himself information and, like, yeah, through the future and sent it back from the past, but something was altered. I think this is the... F- so, because this is the first timeline mm-hmm. wherein um, Krakoa has started, yes, this is the first timeline where we're seeing Mister Sinister on a Quiet Council recognizing this stuff. Yeah. So he's saying, "Me being the smartest guy in the room isn't enough anymore because we've sh- he you see how fallible that is for him." Like four yeah. pa- four pages earlier, yeah. when he's working this out, and you also see the fallibility in how Destiny's powers work. She very clearly states, "Like, I don't know the future. I don't know the future, <laughs> right? I see like infinite possibilities for like what could come, mm-hmm. like blah 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 about how her powers work. It's yeah, it's like a, a little complicated, and I don't totally understand I it. I think it's like a prism. You just like she sees fractions of multiple." Outcomes. Right. Yeah, that we could you know could splinter in certain ways, and she can't necessarily like affect the change. Like it is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, in any case, um, I thought it was brilliantly set up 
And yeah. there are so there are so many little lines throughout the story of the book like that mm-hmm. throughout of this individual comic that set you up for that really cool payoff at the end at the end with all the Moiras. But for me, it was like a little. It was exciting to wonder what was going to happen with Moira if they were going to use her as like that time bomb <laughs> to be like, fuck, we failed with Nimrod. Let's go back again. Let's push the reset button and kill Moira. Yeah. And instead, now we've got infinite Moiras. <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to like neuralize them. And that's the most exciting thing about the the, the X co- comics is when you can say you don't know what's going to happen. And, like, and you just try to enjoy the moment while you can because it's going to get longer and more convoluted. Hey, man, that's a great analogy <clears throat> for life itself. <laughs> just enjoy the moments you have right now. But th- yeah, this was an in- extremely enjoyable comic. The cover is beautiful. I think it's an iconic, an iconic cover. Um, so... It's the Last Supper, referential of Jesus. Yeah, so a lot of stuff going on with Jesus in this and imagery, iconography, kind of the. Well, and like there's there's subtle hints to like this obviously is like referencing a religious thing, a painting. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with Nightcrawler potentially starting his own religion in mutant uh, kind. Uh, Cardinal from which like, I would join. I, I would definitely join a mutant religion if I got mutant powers. Yeah, for he, joining the he's religion. Catholic, so I'm probably in. Yeah, you're in enough. But Cardinal from Hawks and Pox was like a a chimera of uh, Nightcrawler and a few others. Mm-hmm. Like, is that our first sign that like his religion paid off in the future? Well, the interesting thing is like the. Well, he could be named Cardinal because he's red. Well, okay, but he's but he's also like he was spouting some religious. But Cardinal is also like the what highest level a priest can reach before becoming pope. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I'm gonna go. With that. It goes priest, bishop. I don't think there's anything cardinal. between cardinal and pope. Super cardinal, <laughs> hyper cardinal. Your eyes okay? Oh yeah, they're great. Okay. You surprising? Oh yeah, always. Always. <laughs> I'll spit in your eyeball. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think it was just a fun visual to play with when you're thinking about all the members at the table. Yeah. And just how Karen Gillan thinks that just the I guess importance you're putting on it and the 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 paneling was really interesting, having everybody like speak one at a time and we move through uh, everything and it was it was very funny to contrast like how serious and monumental it felt to to people who've been keeping up with the story and wondering where the X Men are going to go, you know, facing Nimrod and all these potential clone Chimera situations, and then have the really silly narration of Mister Sinister, kind of like laughing off people, so- making jokes at people's expenses, thinking he's gonna. Uh, completely understands and can predict everything and then having it like blow up flat, in his face. blow up in his face, right? So you would probably say that X-Men is like the marquee book of Marvel, right? I mean, besides, I guess- Spider-Man and then X-Men. Spider-Man and then X-Men. Yeah. So Spider-Man is to Batman. 
Uh, yeah, sure. Like like of DC. Uh-huh. And then X-Men is what? Like what Justice a, League? Is it? But I don't, you don't think Avengers would be Justice League. Avenger... I don't think people like Avengers as much as they like Justice League. Yeah, okay. Here, so here's my uh, Well, if we're just talking about like popularity sure. yeah, and yeah, like yeah. bigness. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Sure. And we're talking comic books, not movies. Like no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight straight comic stuff. So here's <laughs> here's my thing then. Justice League is seemingly, and DC works hard at this, like you can enter it often. Mm-hmm. Like you can at least try mm-hmm. and stuff. Like there might be some things that like have play out for, or whatever from like death metal or something mm-hmm. like that or whatever it was called. Easy. <laughs> um, but like X-Men is like, it. Is it going to have to have a reckoning where it's like, okay, you can enter again? I think that's what Hawks and Pox was or yes. tried to do. Is it going to have to like, do a little bit of DC-ness to be like, we're dumbing it down. Like, we're we're going to step back a little bit so people can enter. We're going to th- shake them up. It's not going to happen anytime soon, I don't think. Okay, so they're just going to run with this straight up, like, you're a, you're an X-Men fiend straight to the veins or get the fuck out. I think there's a lot of X-Men fiends. Yeah. And I think part of the allure is how inaccessible it is. I think there's a... Yeah. <laughs> it's like... I think there's like a thing where like you... You you feel like you're in a club mm-hmm. and you're there's so many supercharged by yeah. how convoluted it it's is. It's like yeah. people who text you their Wordle score every morning or something. It's just like a huge oh, I, club that I'm not a part of. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I think it's way, but it's way more deep. Wordle, by the way, and anybody listening to this is a joke of a game, and that's why you enjoy it because of the ease of it and that you can flex <laughs> to your friends. So stop. You should stop playing right now and read more comics. Like straight up, there's no uh, even debate. There's no comparison at all. Uh, yeah, just stop playing Wordle. Um, this is more like, you know, listening to Rush or Coheed in Cambria, <laughs> God. Uh, where it's actually heady shit yeah. and it's like hard to get into. Complex. Yeah. So, um, Rush yeah. Rush and Coheed, one of the same. <laughs> I, uh, I, as a person not reading a ton of X-Men, still enjoyed it. I think cause I'm a big Karen Gillan fan uh-huh. and I just thought it was great and really fun. And I don't, I also don't mind being lost. Um, so like, I think it was, I had a working knowledge of what happened in Hellions. Uh-huh. So some of that kind of played out a little bit and I had read Hawks and Pox. Yeah. So. And I don't think like Hellions is, um, I mean, so much of Hellions was like hopping into 10 of swords <laughs> and then there's like nuances and adventures here and there that like made this story a little richer mm-hmm. it was not required reading for this book um there's it's just a lot a lot of like little nods to things that in, in enrich in it but if you've read house of x powers of 10 and maybe a little x-men in between with you know mm-hmm. the compliment i think of 10 deaths of wolverine yeah like you're you're good. You miss ten deaths of Wolverine. They kind of summar up, summarize up what happens in that, in like the first couple pages of this. Like they throw out like Moira's on the run, blah blah blah. They catch yeah, up. Yeah, they really they catch up. And I think the the crux of this is, so Magneto is leaving the Quiet Council. Yeah, because he's going to Mars to help them figure their shit out. And so they're trying to find a new member for the Quiet Council, and that's why, really, this book is existing it's like they're trying to find the filler and they found it with hope summers yeah and uh can you i'm gonna test your memory 
Were the Chimera pits on Mars or were they on the moon? Mars, I think. Okay. So then that works in really well with like Magneto going to Mars to do Araco to help them out over there. Maybe. He doesn't have anything to do with the clones though, does he? No, but it makes sense where like his secret lab may be on Mars uh-huh. because it's being. He did mention it's tucked away where no one can find it. Yeah, because it's like the Wild West there now because it's like it's a brand yeah. new planet being formed. When he because he hops away real quick from what. So Celine ends up attacking the X Men. Oh yeah, I forgot the, about she that. She attacks the Quiet Council because she wanted to be on the Quiet Council. Yeah, and she was like, "Fuck you guys." stop toying with me right um but you know you kind of forget that like in those split seconds mr sinister is in his lab but they've got gates you know that go Mm -hmm. right to mars so he could be anywhere in like the galaxy that's got a krakoan gate so so he very well could be on the moon or mars Mm -hmm. so uh destiny had recently kind of emerged as like a queer icon for x-men correct well, her and Mystique, yeah. Are in a relationship. And so but her and Mystique being in a relationship kind of like also took the forefront a little bit in this issue? Or was that just common knowledge? It's common knowledge among X-Men fans. That's been a thing for a while. Has yeah. it been? Okay. And, and I would say that there's been an ongoing story arc ever since you see Destiny and Mystique kill Moira in her like eighth life or Mm -hmm. something in powers um that moira holds a grudge against destiny and keeps her dead from being resurrected (laughs) and then throughout the last however many x-men books you've had this ongoing narrative where every time mystique pops in she's like when are you going to resurrect destiny? Like you're keeping the love of my life away from me. So it's been an ongoing like romance thing and the build up to resurrecting her was really fun. And it made that moment since they prolonged it for like years, it made that moment really cool when destiny came back. Yeah. And they also aged her down. That was always been like a weird thing about (laughs) destiny is that she's like, was this old woman, right? Yeah. She'd been alive forever. They show her in this book in like 1919 as like a hot young thing in a flashback. And so in 80s X-Men, she was like, she was like 90 years old. I mean, she kept it tight. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we're not ageists here. The Golden Girls. That'd be a nice X-Men of like the Golden Girls. uh, Just, you know, the last fling of uh, the old X-Men of that. Yeah. Magneto, Professor, old Professor X, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, <laughs> you into it? You, I, I know, you, I know how much you love old people. Who do you think anyone's ever gonna put Professor X back in a wheelchair? <laughs> Someone somewhere along the line is gonna be like, "I want to go back to basics." Professor X is in a wheelchair again. I do and think it's, it's gonna be so annoying because. I think for disabled people, tra- he was their wheelchair king. He's just trans. The storyline just has made it like nonsensical to go back to that, though. But I also understand the problematic nature of saying, like, we've cured all impediments in right. 
<laughs> in superhero dub. <laughs> like there's there's no reason to be handicapped. So a handicapped person is not a superhero. Um, <clears throat> there is a character in Sword who yeah. is paralyzed from the waist down mm-hmm. and refuses to be re- Mo- modified re- or reborn yeah. or modified or whatever. So they've got characters who are younger, mm-hmm. who are like proud of those situations, but they're obviously not mainstream. I mean, I can't even think of this character's name. Can you, Greg? Mm, uh, no, I can only think of Wheels from the Burger King Kids at the moment. So <laughs> we'll always have wheels. We'll always have wheels. Is the, I thought the reason that Professor X isn't in the wheelchair is because he has like that cerebro on his head, and he's using like his massive like mind powers now to kind of like make those muscles and uh, leg muscles like function. Who knows? Comics, man. Aren't they great? Wacky. <laughs> yeah. Well, on uh, wheels, from that note, I think we've uh, reached the end of this episode. <laughs> it's time to ride on out. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye! First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.